You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. Well, let's pray before we jump into this today, okay? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you that it is alive, that it is active, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide us to our very core. Father, I pray that today that our ears are open, our hearts are receptive, that we are not just coming just to check a box and say, yep, I went to church, or yep, I I, I raised my hands, or yep, I, I did something that fills my moral bucket. No, God, we are fully aware that we are gathering over the words of the Creator, and you might want to speak to us. So we tune our hearts, we tune our ears to you. Father, we say that if you need to convict us, we will repent and we will act accordingly. Holy Spirit, be honored and glorified in this place today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. I want to remind us today of something. I want to do something. I I haven't done this in a while. And there are times where I like to take a chunk of Scripture and the Holy Spirit will grab a chunk of Scripture and go, okay, we need to get back to this. We can never get so far away from this message. We can never get so far away from this truth that we kind of, what I would say, maturely outgrow it because this is a truth that we can never maturely outgrow. Does that make sense? There are truths that I might mature up in but I'm never going to mature away. These are, there is nothing in the Bible that is like a security blanket that I had as a child that I eventually put down and become an older man. No, no, no. The, every truth that's in there is always something that goes with me throughout my life. And so as a church, we need to make sure that we are not getting too far away from this truth. And I also want to remind us of this. I want to remind you of, of my role in this house. And you're going to understand why I say that. You need to understand this. My job, I am not an evangelist. Did you hear what I just said? My job in this house is not to be an evangelist. I am teaching believers. We teach an evangelistic message, but I am not an evangelist. I am called to walk in the ministry of reconciliation in my own life, and I do to the best of my ability, but my role in this house is to teach the Word for the maturing of the saints so they can do the thing that they are called to do in a mature way and not be confusing to the world. Everybody got that, right? And so I just want to remind us of that. Like, like I, I never want us to forget, like, that's my job. Our job as a community, and I am including, the, because when I step out of that, not that I can step out of the role of a pastor, but in my own life, I step back into that role of the calling that's on me to walk in the ministry of reconciliation, just as every one of us is in this room. So everyone in this room is called to do the work of the evangelist. Follow me on this? And so I, I want to make sure, and I, I say that because I, I never want us to kind of get confused on that. I never want us as the church, and again, I'm including myself in this, to ever get so complacent that we lose our responsibility of taking ownership of the fact that it is my job, it is my calling to reach the lost. It is not my job to get them to my pastor 
whose sole job is to teach me the word so that I can do the job. No, my job is to be the evangelist, to work in the, the, the calling of, re of reconciliation to those around me. Like, I never want us to lose that responsibility. I never want us to lose that. I remember when we started the church 14 years ago, and I, and I felt the Holy Spirit giving us a mandate that it, it was our job to put the church back into the hands of the people. It is our job to put the responsibility of the working of the church back into the hands of the people, and we never need to lose that. And so today, what I want to focus on simply is this. I want to focus on this beautiful message of the fullness of somebody and, and, and this picture of, of repentance and reconciliation and restoration uh, in, in this passage in Luke. And not only just for us to be able to use this in our own life to share with others, but also see where we are in this. Because it is very possible you might be sitting in church. You might be sitting in this building and you might be watching down this lens. And you might find yourself in a place in this story that you might think you're further along, but the reality of it is you might be stuck in a certain area. And so I want to make sure that we are all walking forward, all seeing this fully. So let's turn to Luke. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11. Such a beautiful story here of, the, of when Jesus has this interaction with the ten lepers. This is an interesting thing because we don't have this this kind of reality in our life right now. Meaning, what I mean by that is leprosy. Like we don't have, uh, uh, like this was a common thing. Anything with skin, anything that could be passed along. This was a common thing for people to deal with. This was a common thing for, for not those, just those that had it, but those that were, that were around those that had it and they were used to the interaction and what that looked like, right? We don't really have this interaction. So let, let's just kind of make ourselves kind of go into this and understand where this was all going down, okay? So let's just start here in verse 11 and then we're gonna just read through, through some truths. Are you with me today? All right, so verse 11 says this. Now on his way, this is Jesus, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and uh, Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. And they stood at a distance, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, do what? Have mercy, have pity on me. And then they said this, and then when Jesus, and when he had saw them, in verse 14, when he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were what? They were healed, they were cleansed. What they had, the thing that was bringing them death, had stopped. This is good news. Verse 15, but then one of them, when he saw he was healed, did what? He came running back, praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus says, we're not all ten cleansed? Well, where are the other nine? In verse 18, he says, and has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner, meaning the one that really isn't even my people in this day, in this context. The one that doesn't, shouldn't be doing this is the only one that's running back going, I praise you. And then he says this, then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And in the King James, it says, your faith has made you whole. The fullness, it's returned. 
And so I want to do this. I want to take this passage because it breaks it down so beautifully. It breaks down not only our story uh, of somebody coming to Christ, somebody being restored by Christ, the, the, the beauty of that. It, always, it also gives us kind of the format and, and how we should share where we are looking for people, where they are at, what is, where are they at, and how do I respond to those where they're at? Not only for us outwardly, but where are we at inwardly? Meaning, where are we at in this story? So, so let's just pick it up here because there's four sections to this story. Now, for those that are taking notes, the four parts are recognize, receiving, returning, and restored. Let's deal with that very first one, all right? I want you to see this because in the very first section here, this is what I would call the greatest truth that a man could ever come to. And I love this one in verse 12. And as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance, and they called out in a loud voice, Master, have pity on us. There was a recognizing in them, meaning they recognized themselves. They recognized that there was something that should separate them from others, meaning they saw in their own flesh brokenness. They saw in their own flesh disease and failing and, and breaking down. And not only that, they saw because of their brokenness, they knew that that brokenness should cause a distance between that which is good and that which is broken. You follow me on this? And so you have these lepers that are, that are at this place and they've recognized. They have been honest with themselves. They're not looking down at their skin going, no, 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 no. It's just a red. It's just eczema. It's, you know, I just, a little lotion, a little oatmeal, a little clear it right up. I'll be fine, right? I just need to get some vitamin D, maybe some time in the sun. I got to do that. I'll be fine. No, they were honest with themselves and they said, this is death. I look at myself and I see myself decaying. And not only do I see it, I see that if I'm not careful, it could spread to those that are not dealing with this. Because that's what brokenness does. There was an honesty about them. I, I have to be honest with you. Sometimes in our own lives, and I see this in my own life, and this is going to sound like a very weird statement, but I feel like sometimes leprosy would be easier. What do I mean by that? We say, well, Pastor Chris, have you ever had leprosy? No, I haven't. I've had bad rashes, but I've never had leprosy. What do I mean that it would be easier? Well, at least these men could look down and be honest because they could see it. And not only them see it, but everybody else around us see it. The reality of it is most men and most women in this situation in our life, and meaning, meaning understanding that they are broken and that there should be a separation between that which is broken and that which is good because it is not visible. Number one, it's easy to hide. Number one, it's easy to dismiss. And number two, it's, it's easy to just kind of just act as if everything's fine. Meaning, meaning I can go to church. I can go and even worship with everybody else worshiping, even though my skin is falling apart, right? Because nobody can see it. I can hide it because it's internal. I'm broken inside. There's an addiction in my mind. The things that I've, I've let grab onto me, I, I, the way I think, my pride, my arrogance, my, my, whatever that is, 
Man, it's easy to walk into church and hide all that stuff, put on clothes that cover it up, and stand right next to other people and never feel because I can hide it as if I'm hiding it from him, and I don't need to have a distance between that which is broken and that which is good. You follow me on this? And I'll be honest with you, I, I feel like, I feel like it would almost be easier if people had leprosy because at least they'd have, they'd be forced into honesty. They'd be forced that when they walked into the presence of God that they would have to say, I am unclean and that is clean. And I've recognized the fact that there should be a distance, meaning it's not, it's not him that's created the distance, it's that which is broken in me that creates the distance between me and him. Are, are you following me on this so far? And guys, listen, we, we, we are surrounded by a world of people that are hiding their leprosy, that are doing everything that they possibly can. Have you noticed, and Sonia was talking about Facebook, have you noticed that every picture on Facebook is perfection? right? Every filter out there, you take a picture and you can make yourself look plastic, right? Why? Because, because everything is designed to, to, to cover up that which is flawed. I only post those things that make me look beautiful. I only post those things that make our family look elegant and, and always together. And, and we never fall apart. And there's never arguments. And there's never any. Uh, we just project that and we project that. And then we take it to church. And then we sit in church for five years and ten years and we keep projecting that thing. And everybody's comfortable around us when they don't even realize that there are, they are sitting around people that are broken inside. And there should be a separation between them and that which is holy. Number two, I want you to see this. I want you to see this really clearly because there's this action here that takes place. I love that Jesus doesn't just look at these guys and as they call out, he says, man, I'm unclean. Jesus just doesn't turn and just as he's going and go, boom, cleared it up and just keeps on walking. He doesn't do that. There's something, there's this picture of salvation that you see in this. You're like, what do you mean? They're getting healed of leprosy. No, no, no. There's an action in this. I love this. Jesus says in verse 14, when he saw them, he said to do what? Come on, underline it. There's an actionable word there. What does he say? Go and show yourselves to the priests. And they went and then they were cleaned. I love that. They received something, but they received it because they had faith in an action that he commanded them to do. This is that action of repentance. Listen, the greatest truth that a man can come to is to realize and to look down and say, I am broken. But the next thing and the next step is this. It's one thing to realize. It's one thing to look at your own life and go, yeah, I'm a broken guy. Yeah, I've got some problems. That's great. I'm so glad that you finally recognize and you've come to that truth. But what are you going to do with the actions that he's commanded you to do? Now, now that you've recognized that, how do you step into that which what God has for you? Well, he says that you need to repent. He says that you need to follow him, meaning there are now actions that you need to, it's not just that you recognize this and cry out, to, hey, Jesus, I'm broken. I need you to go and I need you to repent. No, no, no. I just was here to tell you I'm broken. No, see, that's not it. 
The reality of it is, he says, for them to step into this cleansing, for them to step into this healing, they had to. They had to then follow the instructions of the one that they are calling out to. And I have to be honest with you, some of us have spent years in church. God's dealt with you about a certain thing. God's dealt with you about a, an addiction or a brokenness in your mind. You say, oh, no, I'm a believer. But you still, he's saying, I'm pointing out this thing. It's messed up. It's not leading you to life. And you're like, yep, that's right. I'm broken in that area. And he's like, okay, now I want you to do this. No, 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 God, I'm good. I'm in church. I'm just here to tell you I've recognized that I'm broken in that area. I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm never going to repent about it. I'm never going to get counseling about it. I'm never going to bring it before other men and and put it before them so that they can help me walk through this. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to recognize that I'm broken in this area, and that should be good. No, These guys don't get healed if they're still standing on the side of the road. If Jesus says go and they were like, no, we're just waving. It's like a parade, the 10 leper parade. Hello, everybody. We got leprosy, you know. But Jesus says go, and they, they, they obeyed that. What I'm saying is just find yourself in this. There might be areas in your life. You might have said, God, I want to serve you. God, I'm going to turn to you. But now he begins to deal with you about certain things. And now there are actions that he's calling you to. It is not just good for you to recognize that you are broken. You have to respond. You have to respond to the actionable commands that he gives. Are you with me? Number three, I love this. And this is this beautiful thing because I want to let you know something. Can I, I, I don't know if maybe you've ever heard this before, but you understand that there's more to the relationship with Christ than just forgiveness. Did you hear what I just said? Like he came, yes, to forgive you and to make a way for you to be forgiven. But that is literally the opening paragraph of the story. It is not the story. It is the thing that gets us into the meat of the book. And the reality of it is some of us have gotten so comfortable with just this dynamic because how many of you like to be forgiven? Raise your hand if you like to be forgiven. Come on, husbands. How many of you like when you screw up and you say to your wife, hey, babe, I'm sorry about that, and she doesn't do anything? No passive aggressiveness, no like eye rolls, nothing. She just looks at you and says, you are forgiven. And and you're like, yes. That feels good, man. That, like, that feels like we love, we love, think about this. We love when there is a problem in our life and then that problem gets solved, end of story, period. Meaning like whatever was broken, it gets fixed and that's it. But the problem is, is sometimes we can almost grow addicted to that feeling and we can get so caught up in that feeling of, of that enjoyment of just going, I love to be forgiven. I love getting forgiveness. But there is something more than that. Like there is something past the point of forgiveness. And this is what it looks like. Because you have this man that was broken, who was honest with himself, recognized the fact that he was broken, recognized there should be a distance between that which is broken and not. And then he, and he operates and believes and he acts on the commands. But then he does something that is far past just the healing. What does he do? I love this. And when he saw him, he was healed. This is the Samaritan. When he saw him, he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. 
And Jesus obviously goes through that thing of, man, weren't the other nine? Weren't the other, didn't I forgive the other nine? Didn't I heal the other nine? And yet only one returns? See, see I want you to see this. That, that, that the thing that is greater, something happened in this man's life. I need you to see this picture because sometimes we just kind of glaze over it. Sometimes we love being forgiven so much that we miss out on falling in love with the one that forgave us. Do you realize it's very possible for you as a believer to be forgiven, to spend your entire walk with Christ only operating in falling, repenting, and then being forgiven. And that's as far as you go. It is possible to fall in love with forgiveness and not fall in love with the forgiver. Did you hear what I just say? See, what this man realized, follow me on this. I mean, I need you to see this picture, guys. This is a man covered in leprosy, meaning I, uh, I have to live my life. That means, I don't know if you know what leprosy does. It steals things. It takes things that are used for life, and it takes them away. It removes that which is, that, that should make my life easier. It is a robber of life. And eventually it kills you. It just eats you and eats you and eats you. But it starts with the things that make life easier. And it takes them away. And here's a guy that is, that which is bringing death in his life, Jesus looks at him and says, if you go and show, you'll be healed. And he goes, I believe I'm going to go. Oh my gosh, that which was bringing death is now gone. What? Wait a second. Wait a second. I mean, this is a big deal, but I got to get back to the guy that did this. See, that, that's, that's the truth. That's the, the next paragraph after the forgiveness. It is, it is not, the forgiveness is great, but the forgiver is greater. I don't want to fall in love with the fact that he, that he stopped that which was bringing death. I want to get back to him. I don't want to just go through my life with this testimony of I once was this and then he forgave me and now I'm forgiven. No, I want to go back and hang out with him. Everything that he did in me, this is great, but I don't want to miss him. And there are people, and I know in my own life, when God has come in and God and I have cried out to God and I've said, there's a brokenness between us, and he goes, go, and I do, and that thing stops, and he gives me a solution, and something happens, and I just kind of look at him and give him the thumbs up and keep on going instead of going, wait a second, what you just did is great, but that is just residue of who you are. I want you. I want my heart to be good back to you. And I know so many believers that have spent their life, and they, if you ask them, are you forgiven? Yes. Do you repent? Yes. Do you have that relationship of repentance and forgiveness in your life with Christ? Yes. But are you in love with that which forgave you? Oh, I don't know, but I, if I mess up, don't worry. I'll ask God to forgive me. Don't worry. I'll spend some time at an altar crying and praying. Don't worry. I got that down, Pat. But I won't chase after the one. I won't chase after the one that did this in me. I'm just going to keep on walking. Guys, as a child of God, the mature believer, and the, remember, he said, I have come that you might have, what is it? Life, which is, think about this, 
leprosy, stealing my life, taking my life. That is, I, I have come to give you life, meaning I'm going to stop that which is bringing death into your life, meaning that is no longer there. I'm going to do a work that you cannot do, but then I've come to give you life more abundantly. And so how do we step into the abundantly. The only way we step in is to realize what he did, and this is great, but this just is a residue of him. I want him. Forget that. Thank you for that. I'm so thankful. I never want to not be thankful for this. I never want to not be thankful that you forgave me, but I want you. I want you. I don't want our interactions to just be me messing up and you forgiving me. I want you. Maybe, just Maybe how I never walk back into that thing that I have to ask you to forgive me, maybe, just maybe, only happens by me returning to you and stepping into a relationship that will keep me from ever walking that world again. Are you following me on this? Let's look at the last thing. Guys, I'm trying to give us something not only for our own benefit, and to find us where we are. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I, I, I hate to admit that I find myself in certain places in this story. Well, Pastor Chris, you're a man of the cloth. You're a, you're a man of God. You probably walk on water all the time on Wednesdays and Thursdays. I know you do that. Bless you and your ministry. Like I, no, but I still find myself falling in these weaknesses. But the other part, the other angle of this is not just to find ourselves, not just find ourselves, but also go, this is the reality of people that I'm called to minister to, that I'm called to reach. I have to know where they're at so that I can love them out of the place they're in and get them to cry right so I'm trying to give us tools not just for our own souls but for the souls that we're called to last thing is this I love this in the King James it says in verse 19 and he said unto him arise and go thy way thy faith has made you whole meaning that which was stolen from him and I believe this fully and I, I cannot wait to see this it's probably going to be on blu-ray or dvd when I get to heaven I want to see this interaction because I believe when Jesus had this interaction with this leper this leper that had lost things because that's what leprosy does he had stopped it meaning the disease had now stopped meaning I could just see a hand that is not there being eaten away Right? And Jesus says, I'm going to stop that which is trying to take you. But now, because you've, cut, you've seen that what's greater is not what I've done in you, but me, I am greater than that. And you've come back to me. Man, you can step into that. But I'm going to restore back that which was taken. I'm going to restore back and give you the tools back to do a life. Guys, listen to me. It's one thing. I, I love, I love hearing testimonies, and I love praying for people that, are, that have addictions and whatever it's, whether it's an alcoholic addiction, whether it's drugs, whether it's pornography, whether, it doesn't, I mean, whether it's eating, oh, yeah, I'll, let me, I'll just say it, whether it's eating, whatever it is, whatever addiction grabs you, whether it's Netflix, whatever it is, whatever addiction grabs you, right? I know I just touched on a nerve. I just saw manifestation when I said Netflix. I just, I, I saw that. He's like, don't, don't, don't you touch that. Don't you touch that golden calf, right? I watched the chosen on that. It's holy, right? Right? Like, like it's somehow that makes it holy, right? No, but whatever addiction you have, I love seeing God 
heal somebody of those things. I love seeing God stopping that which was bringing death. But you know what I love greater? I love seeing those that are stumbling and a failing like that get healed and not just get healed and live their life healed, but then live their life restored back into that which the enemy was trying to take from that space. Man, I, I had a, a pornography addiction, but God healed me of that and broke that off of me. And now I, I can actually have a relationship with the opposite sex that's holy and pure, and, and it's not controlling my mind anymore. Like, I love that. I don't want somebody that's just been forgiven, and then they go through life like as if, as if no, I, I can't go any further than that. I was broken, and, and now I'm healed, and I know he did that. No, you were called to be restored. You can be restored. Oh, but I was an alcoholic and I hurt so many people when I did this. Yes, God forgave me, but yet that's just my lot in life. And now I've got to live where I'm at. No, you can be restored. You can have relationships back with those people. You can do, God can restore you. But it's part of this is you recognizing that that which he did in you isn't the main thing. He's the main thing. And so we return, we return back to him. See, listen, when the child... And the broken child, the sinner, comes to church and stands and says, God, I'm, I'm broken. Have pity on me. There should be a distance between me, me and you. I am unclean and you are holy. And there should be a separation. And God does what he does. And he says, go and trust me. And we repent. Man, I, I don't want a church. God never called the house to be just a house of people that just sit there as if they're just like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just lucky to be here, man. I'm just lucky to be here. I'm just, I'm thankful that he, that he forgave me, but I'm just lucky to be here. People that just act like they're lucky to be here don't move forward into what he has for them. You are not just lucky to be here. You are not just lucky to be forgiven. You're not. That's not your lot in life. You were called to life and life more abundant. And the abundant life is for God to restore back that which the enemy tried to steal from you by that sin that he forgave. But the only way you walk in it is to fall in love with him more than the forgiveness. Because what a great testimony. It is a great testimony. I was broken and God forgave me. That is the good news of the gospel. But man, what a powerful testimony of I was broken. I didn't deserve it. I cried out for pity. He gave me mercy. He forgave me. I, that which was bringing me death is now healed. But then, guess what? But then he let me in his presence, and I fell in love with him, and I got to know him in a greater way. And guess what? That which I thought was dead, and it was just over, and that was just my life, he restored it back. He restored it back. And now what I thought what I would never be able to do, now I'm doing it greater because I'm doing it for him, in him, through him, in his power, because he restored back things that, that I could use, and now I've got those things, and I'm going to use them for him. That is the calling of the church. This is the gospel story. The broken man, being honest, being humble. I recognize his space. Have mercy, have pity. Jesus, I forgive you. Go, be healed. But then, and I love, I, something I, I see in these stories, I, I, when I get into these messages and when I get into these passages in the Bible, I, 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 it's impossible for me not to put myself there. 
It's impossible. I, I love, I, I, love I, I can almost see this. I can almost see as they're running off, it, almost like Jesus is just going to hang out. Like, I'm going to make sure I'm found by that guy. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here. Like, I'm not going to jet out. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to run over to Galilee. I'm, I'm going to just be, I'm going to hang out here for a second. So that when he comes back, he's going to find me. Because I, I want to be found. And he comes back and he finds Jesus. And then there's that interaction. Man, I just love the beauty of that. Jesus going, yeah, I was waiting for you, man. I wasn't going anywhere. I knew it was going to kick in like halfway to the, to the Pharisees and you were going to start seeing things and it was going to go down because you were walking. I was going to be, I'm just going to wait here for you because I, I, I knew so, somebody's got to come back. They're, they're, they're going to want to come back because that's me. That's what I want to be found by you. Like that's the beauty of this. He wants to be found by you. He wants to not only forgive you, but he wants you to be in his presence. He wants you to be restored in the very thing that you thought this is dead. It's dead. And he says, no, no, this is abundant life. It's time to walk in this. Guys, I want us to find us in ours. I want us to find where we're at in this. Some of us have maybe been in that cycle of just brokenness, forgiveness, brokenness, forgiveness, brokenness. You know what? I'm breaking that cycle. I'm going to him. I'm just going to hang out with him. Because if I hang out with him, I'm not going to get in that cycle anymore. I'm just going to hang out with him. I want us to find ourselves in this. Did this help anybody today? Come on, can I just give you a moment to just pray and go before God? Because in a couple of different areas, you might need to thank him. You might need to thank him for that when you were finally honest with yourself and said, there is a separation between me, that which is broken, and you as a holy God, he did the next step. Thank him for that. Never get so mature that we stop thanking him for doing what he did. But I want you to go before him now and also ask, God, am I stuck in a pattern? Is there anything in my life that I seemingly ask you for forgiveness for all the time? If that's the case, maybe I need to run to you a little bit deeper so that you can restore those things so I'm not stuck in that cycle. My prayer is that today is that we repent. My prayer is today that we begin to fall in love with the one that healed us, the one that saved us, and not just the act of healing and saving. Father, I just come before you right now. Father, and I thank you. Father, I thank you for loving us. Father, I love you. I love that when we, we stood and we cried out, unclean, you didn't run the other way. I'm so thankful for that. So thankful for forgiveness. Father, for this house, I pray for this house. I pray for the people in this house, the people watching down this lens. Father, I pray that we actively are not stuck in a position in any of these places other than I'm just going to get him. I love the residue. I love all the things that he does, but I just want you. Father, I pray that the testimony of this house is a testimony of people that are walking in the abundance that you've called us to. The abundance of using that which was taken from us that it was because it was restored, we are walking in that thing, glorifying you. Father, let that be our testimony. Let repentance come. Let us be matured up.
Let us grab a hold of our calling and follow you. We honor you today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.